0: Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The fact that we are now hours away from the start of the NFL season has, without a doubt, given me life. It has, without a doubt, put a little extra pep in my step. Like the fact that I was sitting here just now finalizing my week one picks, making sure I'm all good to go for the Capper Cup, which will be on Odd Sharks so you guys can see me try to embarrass myself or maybe actually distinguish myself against some of the better handicappers in the country. I said, the hell with it, I'm in. I'm going to try to beat the rest." and away we go. But like with all this coming to a head, a couple of fantasy drafts here, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's not really normal, but it's as close to normal as you can get from a football standpoint because my excitement level is now starting to really ramp up. And I think you guys are going to get a sense of that throughout the course of the show. We'll have some division picks. We'll give you a terrible Super Bowl pick that we probably will laugh about in late December, early January, but that's what we do this time of the year. We like to go out of our way to make a fool of ourselves. Now, speaking of teams that have been making fools of themselves, wasn't it nice to actually see both the Yankees and the Mets go and put together winning efforts on Wednesday night? I mean, what a sight for eyes! I, I, I forgot what it felt like, quite frankly especially from my team standpoint, the Yankees. Like, I, I, I totally forgot what it was like to come on the air after the Yankees won a game. It's been a while. But as far as the drama is concerned, as far as the intrigue is concerned, there was far more intrigue to me out at City Field on Wednesday night with the Mets in come-from-behind fashion, taking down the Baltimore Orioles. And, you know, I figured I was going to be starting from a Mets standpoint talking about the ineptitude of Rick Porcello, talking about the decision made in the offseason not to re-sign Zach Wheeler, and and just simply put how bad Porcello and Waka have been to a Brody's, you know, crown jewel moves. Porcello pitching to a 6.07 ERA, Waka pitching to a 7.5 ERA, and at 5-1 Baltimore, In the bottom half of the third inning, you're thinking the Mets are going to lose this two-game set. You're thinking the Mets are going to fall yet another game under the 500 mark and are going to fade into that abyss. The Mets bats obviously come alive. They score two runs in the bottom half of the fourth. They score two more runs in the bottom half of the fifth. But in many ways, the story of this game was in the top half of the sixth inning. Because the Baltimore Orioles appeared to be a team that was going to blow it open against Justin Wilson. Real Ruiz is at the plate. The bases are juiced in what is a one-run Baltimore lead. And Ruiz hits an absolute missile into right field. I mean, an absolute missile. Off the bat, I'm thinking, all right, that is a three-run double. That is... Blowing this game open. So much for the Mets and their good work, you know, trying to get back into this ballgame. That's going to be all she wrote. And then you see Michael Conforto make the turn. Make the adjustment. Leap up and make an incredible catch right up against the wall. Stunning Gary Cohen. Stunning Howie Rose. Stunning Bob Usler, Stunning any Mets fan that was listening or watching the game on Wednesday night. And it seemed to spark the Mets throughout the course of the game. And let's give Conforto all the credit in the world this year. I've been very hard on Michael Conforto. And I think the reason I've been hard on Michael Conforto is because I've held him to such a high standard. From the minute he came up in 2015, looked like a guy who could be a special player. 17, he has that all-star first half. And then... You know, over the last couple of years, it'd be like one good half. It'd be up and down. It'd be this like roller coaster ride. This year, he's put it all together. He's been clutch. He's been consistent. He's put the time in and has worked on his defense. I mean, that was a game saver for the Mets. I am not willing to go to the extent of saying it is a season saver because, listen, I think the definition of season saver will go only as far as these next couple weeks. Like, let me see the Mets go rattle off, you know, 7 out of 10 wins. Then I'll look back on this Conforto catch and say, yeah, it was a season saver. I'm not willing to do that right now. Not with the consistently inconsistent play we've seen out of this team. But at least for one night on Wednesday, it sparked the Mets in a big way. Andre Jimenez goes out ball taco for his second home run. Ties the ball game up. And then you get to the bottom half of the eighth inning. And this is where you finally got that Pete Alonzo magic that we saw far too many times last year. Alonzo, who, to his own admission, has not exactly had a great year. But all of a sudden looks like a guy who is rounding in a form. All of a sudden, the at-bats have been better. The power has been there. And on Wednesday night, it's a three-hit game and it's a go-ahead home run that was an absolute bomb, giving the Mets a one-run lead. Then Edwin Diaz comes in, gives up the one hit, but gets the job done, gets his third save of the year. And the Mets, from down four, get a win over the Baltimore Orioles that was probably one of their more exciting wins of the season. The Conforto play... A bunch of home runs, a couple of big hits, Alonzo doing his thing. And I've noticed with the Mets, McNeil and Alonzo recently have really started to ramp it up with the bat. McNeil all of a sudden now is hitting three hundred and fifteen. This is the Jeff McNeil we saw last year. Flat out raking. Made the sliding catch on the outfield till. And the OPS for McNeil is right where would expect it to be in the high 800s. Alonzo slowly but surely is starting to get there. And that helps when you have other guys who have cooled off, like a J.D. Davis or like a Robinson Cano. Met lineup is starting to hit. Met lineup is starting to do the job consistently. But you look up and down that pitching staff, especially in the rotation, my goodness. It's DeGrom and it's Lugo and then mm, it's anybody's guess. Especially with Peterson fading. But this was a win the Mets desperately needed to have. You cannot get swept here in this two-game set against Baltimore. And now the Mets will get an off day on Thursday. And we'll see if they can cooperate and maybe help the Yankees out. Yes, the Mets helped the Yankees out on Wednesday. I know that's probably not you know comforting for a whole lot of you out there. Is what it is. I'll gladly take it. I know the Yankee fans out there will gladly take it. And then the Yankees, who we'll get to in a minute, maybe could get some more help as they will play the Toronto Blue Jays Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But terrific, terrific game out at City Field and a terrific win. So give credit where credit is due. Now, Yankees, I went into this game on Wednesday night and uh, I got to be honest, it was just one of those nights where I was just expecting the worst. I was expecting the worst at all times. I kind of had a knot in my stomach for nine innings, and I shouldn't. I mean, there were plenty of reasons where I could let out a quote-unquote sigh of relief, but I couldn't do it. And I think many of you who are listening right now totally understand where I'm coming from because you watched the game on Monday night. You watched you know, some of the bullpen meltdowns. You've just seen the way this season has spiraled with the Yankees going 5-15 and 15 in their last 20 games. They needed something to stop the bleeding. And thankfully for the New York Yankees, to me, it starts with David Garcia. And the Yankees have found something here in David Garcia. Because this is now his third start. All three have been good. I mean, he was dynamite against the Mets. He deserved better against Baltimore. Remember, that was the game. They took him out. Clark Schmidt comes in, yucks up the game. And basically made one mistake against the Toronto Blue Jays. Two-run homer. Aside from that, command was good. He pitches with a swagger about him. He's clearly not intimidated. And that's a good Toronto Blue Jays lineup. That's a Blue Jay lineup that makes you work. That's a Blue Jay lineup that can frustrate you. Just ask Chad Green. Just ask Adam Adovino. What a pain in the neck they can be. And I... I thought David Garcia all in all was in complete control of this ballgame. And that's what you got. Seven innings of two runs. And now three really good starts from David Garcia. And if the Yankees have a quill, and I would hope that Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman realize this, he has got to be in your starting rotation. I mean, he just has to be for the remainder of this year. Because who the hell knows when Paxton is coming back. And with the way the Yankee bullpen has performed this year, I'm not exactly in the business Of going down the opener route. So... David Garcia is working his way more and more into that circle of trust. Which is saying something for a... Young, inexperienced pitcher. And maybe the Yankees have caught a little lightning in a bottle here. So, that's great to see. Then you get to the offensive key of the game. And to me, it's very simple. And not only is it... The offensive key to the game... For the Yankees in beating Toronto on Wednesday night... For me... It is the offensive key to the game moving forward over the next couple weeks. The Yankees need Gleyber Torres to be Gleyber Torres. You know, sometimes it's really that simple. You need your star players to perform. You need them to shine. And so far this year, Gleyber Torres... Has been a bitter disappointment. He has spent time on the injury list. When he has played, he has not produced. I mean, this is a guy who had 38 home runs a season ago. This guy a year ago, I was saying, was the best player on the New York Yankees. He was profiling as one of the best young middle infielders in all baseball. And he has played like that so far this year. This was the Gleber Torres I want to see. Hitting a home run, getting a couple more runners in with a double. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. He had the glasses on. So if Gleber's smart, Thursday, no messing around against the Orioles, keep the glasses on. Keep it humming. Ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, sometimes I am a believer in superstition. I mean, you should have saw me today. I hit probably one of the best golf drives I've ever hit in my life smoked it right down the middle. I pimped it. I mean, I even gave you a little Carlton Fisk walk off. I mean, I, I really liked it. Really, really liked it. And my tea went flying. That's the reason I bring this up. And I'm like for two, three minutes trying to find a tea because you know, you hit a good drive. You hit a drive like that. You, you want to keep that tea as long as it's, you know, around and alive and kicking. So maybe Glaver Torres will take a page out of my playbook and he'll keep those glasses on. Cause listen, He's been so bad this year. He's been so unproductive. Yankees ain't going to win a damn thing without him producing. You know, we could talk about the replacements not doing the job. And, you know, we could talk about some of the other disappointments. But you need guys who you count on all year to play at a high level. So seeing that version of Gleyber Torres, very, very encouraging. And look, does one win all of a sudden? snap the Yankees out of their doldrums? No. No, you need to see the Yankees go rattle off 7 out of 8, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 12, something along those lines before you're going to have a little bit more confidence in this team. But you got to start somewhere. Now you got the Orioles coming to town for four games. It's amazing How this series has become a massive, massive series for the Yankees. They gained a game on Baltimore. They're a game and a half up on Baltimore. But you got your ace, Garrett Cole, on the mound. That's where you got to keep it going. I mean, and sooner rather than later, Garrett Cole's got to snap out of it and be the guy you expected him to be coming over from the Houston Astros. Enough is enough. But we look back on Wednesday as a turning point for both the Mets and the Yankees, I'm not willing to go that far. To me, with both of these teams in their quest to make the postseason, for the Yankees to try to figure out how to really get back on track, how to feel better about their chances if, indeed, they get into the postseason, start riding off a bunch of wins put the Orioles out of their misery and take three out of four. I mean, that's what you should do. Will they? And for the Mets, listen, the way this National League wildcard race is shaking out, hang around. Best advice I could give you, hang around. You win series, you'll do more than hang around. You'll make the playoffs. So I've been so sick and tired of doing negative baseball show after negative baseball show. Thankfully, at least for one night.